Coming up in this episode of the Super Pessis Roundup podcast, we finally finish our season previews with the Group D in the men's and women's. That's Sodkamo, Kempele and Patioki in the men's, and Kiritaret, Kempele and Yoensu in the women's. Plus, we have an interview with Eleonora Oyala of Hamina's women's team. That's all coming up in this episode of the Super Pesses Roundup podcast. Episode 39 of the Super Pessis Surrounded Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Alba, and joining me, as always, is our guru on all things Pespolo. It's Mikkel Pirronen. Mikkel, how are you doing? Uh, I think it's the fifth or sixth time that I've been saying this, but uh, if, if somebody's watching this, or if, if you get a glimpse of, uh, of this, it's quarter past ten. And there's still some daylight uh, behind my back, so that's always a sign that the season is really close. And even though it's been like minus degrees in Finland and games have been called off since there's been snow on the ground, uh, it's uh, we are recording this on Saturday, so it's five days before men's superpasses begins and ukaspasses and women's superpasses are also underway in just a couple of days so and it's uh it should be a lot warmer next week so we get a hopefully we get a good start well fingers crossed uh it will be warmer next week um i saw there was um a, a boys game at valakenta um i think it was yesterday um or, or the day before and it, it was it was snowing <laughs> during the game and i was like oh it's yeah it, sh- it should be it should be summer a little bit more by now but yeah yeah, yeah. it's not like uh like I kind of enjoy in in some sports like uh, I always bring up like NFL and stuff like that and I always enjoy the like winter games and uh things like that but it is a <laughs> it is a bit different when you have to actually <laughs> hold a bat and uh actually do something with it so uh uh, my hands actually ache when I even think about it because it, it believe me it hurts when, when you try to hit the ball uh, when there's mi- minus degrees or snow on the ground and uh, but yeah it's a summer sport for a reason yeah <laughs> yes absolutely um so obviously there's been a rush of of news uh, recently as well quite a few big stories just leading in towards the season and one of the big announcements of course was the return of uh, Super Pesis as a limited 
company. Now, we obviously had that in, in the past, and there's going to be a company back in operation. Uh, I believe it's going to be owned by the Federation still, but it's going to be starting up from August of this year. But they've set some pretty big and bold aims um, to try and increase the viewership of the sport, try and increase the, the level of money that clubs get. It's all sounding really positive, but of course, those are the aims. Will they achieve them? That's that's going to be the real question. Um, but Mika, what did you think of this news? Well, my reaction is, is highly positive about it. And uh, like this, uh, well, at the same time, I need to like the the cynic inside me says that yeah, this is like the third or fourth uh, so-called press thought that we've seen of the uh, six or seven years, but. But I still, I, I believe in the people who are in the task. I believe in the structure that is in place. And I also, I watched and read through the, uh, both the targets uh, for the next three years and how to achieve them. And the list as such is on point. I mean, it, it is exactly. It's uh, it consists of like eight different uh, sections, and out of those, I I think that the the one that has been like uh, non-existent, to be honest. Is uh, has been the uh, the number of sheer, not just sponsorships, but uh, companies that are associated with superpasses on some level, and there's been like, like and and also the uh, exposure to media and being like proactive in that regard that has been also not non-existent but both of those those tasks have been like bought from freelancers so nobody's been working like full time to do that and that needs needs to change and even though those targets seem like and they are big no, I, I mean, make no mistake that getting uh, 50% more uh, attendance is, is, is a huge target because every other sport is also trying to grow and getting uh, doubling up the money that is in Superpasis, that is also a huge thing. But, but yeah, there's, I believe that is possible and that is like... Uh, that is a big thing, but uh, we're not going to see big results this year. And they said it a lot, but there's always like a three-year plan, five-year plan, whatever you want to call it. But uh, holding my thumbs up, it's a right move to a right direction. And then we're, we'll see how it goes. 
Well, we had um, a number of conversations, I think, last year, um, certainly when I was in, in Finland, about the kind of level of of strategy or, or the lack of uh, in, in terms of where the sport is going and how to build and how to um, how to create this, this exciting atmosphere in a very busy marketplace full of sports. I mean, you talk about um, the other sports who are competing for fans and competing for, for audiences. You know, you, you include football or, or soccer uh, into that as well with, with the rise of, uh, uh, of the national team and... Um, uh, and <clears throat> exporting players <laughs> recently um you know there's money there there's foreign investment coming in as well with players moving and and that's the same with a lot of other sports but of course pasapolo is a a uniquely finnish sport i mean other than uh, as we've often talked about you know um of course there's uh, games played in switzerland there's games played in uh, bangladesh and india but it, it's not as if there's an organised league that's going to pay money for players to go there. So there's no market for that. So it's it's quite a task for um, this new company. And like you say, it's, it's all going to depend on the individuals who are involved in it and the strategies that they employ. So I, like you, was very pleased to see that there was now this kind of strategy. You've got to dream big if you want to achieve big things. So uh, hopefully, um, in a couple of years' time, we'll see those targets hit. And uh, yeah, I, I, I can't wait uh, to see how these things unfold. Yeah, and to just to shortly add to that, uh, when we're talking about like the uh, structure and uh, like the infrastructure uh, of the stadiums and following the demographic and uh, getting like actually getting a hold of the existing uh, people in in sport who are really active in finding any information regarding the sport and it is our national sport and if we can find the channels where people actually are these days and where they will be in the next couple of years it really is a case of like if we're t if we're thinking about like uh, companies that we want to make it exciting and professional and sexy if you will uh, it, it is a case of if you build it they will come and th that's the that's the bottom line so from that piece of news um we also had um a piece of news uh relating to an interview that was held on um a podcast um Toro Timo, former uh umpire who retired last season and started talking out about uh, some of the concerns and issues as he saw them uh, about what happened with uh, the league's well, the federation I suppose uh, top two umpires being sidelined during the finals last year um, without <laughs> without suggesting whether it's true or not uh, it's clearly um, Toro's opinion, but Miko, it's uh, it's a it's a concern, isn't it? If if things like that were uh, to be happening, yeah, um, 
and to be honest, nobody like or turn it the other way around. Actually, nobody is saying that it would not be true. And I mean, those those allegations, of course, they are harsh. And uh, but I think it's more of a case of an like a high level umpire who who quit uh, umpiring at the end of last season. And I don't think that he holds a grudge like uh, against anybody, but he was just telling it like it is. And I, I would say that from the people that I know uh, working and being like umpires or former umpires to put it, uh, that is what everybody inside the game is actually thinking. And I would even go as far as saying that people people actually know that. That that is exactly what happened. But now somebody just said it out loud. And it's sad, but it's true. I mean, I I would go if I would have to say, like, black and white hand on a bible or something you know better better than that uh, i i wouldn't use a bible but that's beyond the point uh but if i if i would ha have to say that yes or no uh, my vote would be yes that is true and it's it's a shame because of course we we all expect as, as kind of a common sense thing, really, that if you've got the very highest level of game being played, you expect the very highest level of umpires to be judging it. Because, of course, that's where the stakes are. You don't want to leave them on the sidelines. So it's, it is a shame, obviously, if these things are, are, are happening and like you say, there's nobody's jumping up and down saying that they're not true. Um, but there we are. So moving then to the the next item of news, um, there's well items, I suppose you could call it. Um, more and more uh, talk of uh, Tony Cohen in, in various circles um, this week. Just gone. We've uh, seen Yuha Portimaki speaking to the media about what was happening earlier on in the year at the club um, when Tony was uh, coaching, uh, game manager. And then, of course, we've also seen this this uh, suggestion through the uh, news that uh, Tony may be heading to Urkaspesis, may want to return to playing. He's taken some training sessions with KPL's Urkaspesis team. Um, and whilst, of course, all of this is going on, we know that uh, Elias Pitkinen seems to have picked up an injury. He's not been playing uh, on the Super Pesis team, leaving a sort of gap in terms of uh, pitcher having to shift their Rekus Pesis pitcher to the Super Pesis team. So it might work out rather nicely for them. Certainly they could do with drawing a few more fans to the stands for their Rekus Pesis games. 
just to add a few pennies into the uh, into their pot. Um, the attendance at Urquipestis Games in Corvalla last year was pretty pretty low. I think it was the second lowest in in the league. So, I mean, we all know that the uh, the main draw is for the Super Pesis team. But you know, if you wanted to go and see Tony Cohen and pitch again, that would be a nice little thing uh, to go and watch him at KSS. So, um. Because there's a lot to unpack from all of these stories, and it's quite hard to know what exactly is going on with with Tony these days. Um, <laughs> what do you make of it all? <sighs> um, I think that says yeah, it all. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like the. I don't even know where what to compare it to. I mean, I, I, I cannot find a comparison from the top of my mind that it is something that I would not, like, there's not a poll that would be big enough that I would want to poke this thing with it. I want to steer as, as far steer clear as far as possible from the whole thing but since we are talking about the subject uh, I was happy that Juha Potemaki came out and said all these things and he was actually withholding from social media where he's really active which has been good for the sport and suits him and so on and he told all from his then point of view the what he has been thinking and feeling and I have also made my feelings known about like that I I never thought that he would be a coach but that is another thing being a game manager we never knew that that was like a big unknown um, but uh, in terms of playing okay uh it's just shortly three things uh, when he pitched the last time that was not the same Tony Kohonen that I've seen earlier uh, during his career I don't know if it was just a one-off or just temporary thing when he was in Ukaspasis the last time when he was pitching uh, for all Lipo that was like he was let's just say that if that is if that would be the level of his pitching it would be an like this a big stain and abolishment to his career to go to Superpesis uh, without like proper training and in that kind of pitching condition and even play like we're not even talking about playing in Superpesis but I, I have no idea about his physical condition I have no idea about his like pitching condition or the level of that uh, and 
the last thing it, playing in Lucas you are absolutely like once again spot on about like he he would draw a crowd, and but he said in his statement that the level of Lucas has gone up, and so he needs to practice. And in that very same statement, he said that since he is living in Kovola, he can at least play the home games and the games that are nearby. So I, I would say that like, you as a lawyer, you might find something from that statement. And I will leave it at that. Yes, there's there's something to be had there. If I was going to cross examine um, Tony Cornyn in the court, but um, um, it's 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 not going to come to that. Well, certainly not for me, anyway. Well, we know there's the um, the claim that Tony has against Monsa, so we might see him on the stand um, giving evidence anyway at some point, which would be interesting. Um, but. Yeah, it's 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 hard to read. It's hard to understand. And I remember when I when I saw it, I, I s- scratched my head and I was like, "Why? Why? Why would he?" I mean, I, I I sort of understand because, of course, having been part of the sport for so long, it, it can be difficult to kind of step away. And of course, he'd had um, the vision of uh, being a game manager that's that's now disappeared. Um, and finding himself at uh, a bit of a loose end, maybe wanted to stay connected with the sport. So I can understand that. Um, but at the same time, like you say, the sort of level um, you know Kaspersis has has risen. I mean, you look at the the teams who are towards the top at the moment in in Kaspersis, it It's actually quite close between a number of them who can uh, make it up into super bases, and. There's, there's a good chance that they're at or on par with the very bottom of Superpaces at the moment. I mean, we saw in a training game um, recently um, Aliarvi going toe-to-toe with uh, Koskan Korva. So we know that the, that level's not massively far apart. Um, well, certainly not, not as big as it used to be. But yes, it, it's all very strange. It's all very... I t- it's going to make an incredible film one day, <laughs> or a series of documentaries, or what have you. But it's it's yeah, really strange. But like you say, why would Tony want to want to carry on his career if he's not going to be seen at his peak and possibly kind of ruin that little part of his legacy? Um, it it, it always reminds me of um the comedy series Seinfeld um, when Jerry Seinfeld said, no, we're done. They finished in the season that they finished. And uh, the executives were saying, well, don't you want to see how far we can go with the ratings? And he said, no, because it'll only be down from here. That just ended on that kind of high, the legacies there. Um, and you kind of think with, with Tony coming back, if he's, if he's pitching and he's not at that level, is it another kind of uh, stain on that uh, that career? But um, we'll see. It's it's all just um, interesting stories in the news at the moment. There's nothing confirmed any which way. Yes, 
just to as a conclusion, I mean, he is his own man, and he has obviously he has the right to do whatever he wants to do. But uh, let's say that I would not like yeah i i I would agree with you totally there that if you draw that too far if you if you just keep dragging the thing that is like that is his prerogative if he wants to do that he he has all the rights to do that by all means i mean who am i to say but but still, uh, I when when I wrote about him a couple of seasons ago, I was like, it brought back memories of my own like teenage days when I when seeing him was like it, it was one of those hipster things that those were the shows. I mean, I, I don't think that I will see a picture like that ever again. And that is my honest opinion. And now it feels like the, like the latter stages of like movies like The Raging Bull. And I called him The Raging Bull <laughs> in that article. So it's like, is it one fight too much? Does he have anything in the tank? So let's see. But uh, I have no idea what is going on with him. Uh, I just hope that it turns out in the best possible way for everybody. So those are the main news stories that I wanted to cover um, so far. Um, we now have an interview uh, that I did earlier this uh, this week with uh, Eleonora Oyala of Hamina uh, women's team who have recently been promoted to super prices. So uh, we'll have that interview now and then we'll have a short break. Joining me now on the podcast is a player originally from Hardula. She started her career in Haminlina in 2013 before making her Superpesis debut in 2020 with Pesa Ursid. She now patrols the outfield at Valicante in Hamina. With over 290 games played, it's Eleonora Oyala. Eleonora, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So, I always ask this question because I'm, I'm always interested uh, when I speak to players, how they become involved in playing Pesa Palo. So, how did it all start for you? Um, well, my dad and my brother, my big brother, were playing baseball my whole life. So I have, like, grown uh, up with baseball. And one time my brother was like, oh, there's a team your age coming up at Hamelinna. Paukku was the team's name where I started. And I was like, no, I don't want to go. I don't like. I don't even like baseball. I don't want to go. And he was like, nah, just just go like one practice, and then you can quit if you want to. But like, try it out. It may it might be fun. Uh, I didn't have any any hobbies at that time, 
So he was like, yeah, let's let, try. Give it a shot. And I gave it a shot and <laughs> here I am. <laughs> it's it's really yeah. It's really interesting to to hear how so many people come to the sport through their families um and you know uh, parents who play the game and so on uh, when i uh, used to play cricket as a youngster it was because my my dad played it still does play actually um but there we are um as you were growing up did you have any particular heroes in the sport anybody you looked up to Uh, no, not any uh, particular, but I always looked up to like my my dad and my brother because they they played. My brother played and coached, and uh, my dad mainly coached, but did like some old man games. <laughs> He didn't actively play, but I always looked up to them because they had such a drive to Petapalla and they were so passionate about it and I think why I'm here today is because of, of them because they keep kept pushing me even though I had a bad day sometimes like everybody do but they they were my my biggest cheerleaders along with all of all of my family but because they they knew what it meant to me and what it takes to be at the top so they were like the biggest cheerleaders of mine <laughs> yes <laughs> now 2022 was an incredible year for Hamina but it didn't start off in the best of ways that the first couple of games were, were were really close and yet Hamina failed to to win um how How disappointing was it to to not be taking away points um, in some of those early games in the season? Uh, well, of course, it's disappointing every time when you lose. But uh, we had like health problems all along the uh, the winter season. So all the like training games we had, we didn't have like the uh, the best. How you say it? Uh, Any time because somebody was always ill or had some issues or that, so we didn't like get to do it together. Uh, and then when we got got to do it, it was the first games, and then they were like, we we didn't have all the pieces, so we had to train a little bit more, and then it just kept kept going better and better and yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i uh, i managed to come and, and, and catch one of the games um during the summer last year uh, and at that point in the summer in, in july it was um everything was just flowing beautifully i spoke to to nina nukarinen and she was saying just how, how much fun it was was playing um one of the key things i noted from last year was how strong Hamina's defense was. What what made Hamina's uh, defense so strong last year? I I don't know. I I I, I don't know. Maybe that when we played and we got the pieces together, 
we noticed that like, we always knew that we are good, <laughs> but we noticed that even better uh, that we played good together. So every time there was like some slip up, we were like, okay, what happened? What we can do better? And then we like talked about it and the second time didn't ever come that uh, we didn't do the same mistakes again because we we learned from them and then I think that make made our defense so much stronger that we talked about it and trained them and watched the games a lot and did the work. <laughs> now we know in 2021 Hamina came close and last year going right into the final everybody was still keeping their fingers crossed for that championship and to be promoted how did it actually feel when the game ended and you had won the championship uh i i can't even describe the feeling it was it's i'm i'm speechless <laughs> like now because you can you can't like you have to feel it to yourself you have to like you can't explain it. The words do not compare how you can feel it. It's so much happiness, so much uh, joy, uh, part of like sadness because the season is over, but we get to our goal. So it's just amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, we know that uh, Hamina has a, a very strong um, connection with uh, Pesapalo and a very uh, strong fan base. How important is it uh, to the, the city that there is a team back in Super Pesis now? Uh, well, I think it's very, uh, very like <clears throat> important because uh, Hamina is the Pesapalo city. So to be at Superpesis again, it's a big deal for us and a big deal for our fans because they are, I think we have the best, I think everybody says this, but I think we have the best fans <laughs> at whole, whole Finland. So it's, it's really important for us and for, for them also. We obviously now turn to uh, this season. It's it's almost about to start. There's still a few uh, training games left uh, just before that season starts. But who do you think, which teams are, are important opponents for Hamina this year? Uh, well, I think uh, like Roihu is one of the main main teams for us and also... Uh, Vaasa, Rauma, Kempele, Hyvinkääjoensu. We all have like these young teams. So I think we are like at the same level in in Superpesis. So I think these are our most most important uh, uh, most, most important opponents. We have to like try to win. <laughs> um I saw from the uh, player profiles that were uploaded today that your favourite away ground to play at is uh, Oroihuvori. Why is that? 
Uh, well, when I was a kid, I played there a lot, and I always liked the like the field um, there. But this year, the main the main reason is that because my father is the coach at that team, so <laughs> that's I think that's the main reason because uh, every summer I like to. <sighs> I like that my dad could be watching my games, but he has some other team every summer and he can't come to my my games so often. So this year when they are like the, our opponent, like we go there two times and they come to us two times. So I can see my father for four times this yeah. summer <laughs> <laughs> and he can see four of my games. <laughs> I was going to say that there's four games this year with uh, with Roy Huteret, um, who I, I, again another team I've I've been to see quite a few times. Very vocal fans in the in the stands there, so it'll be a really interesting um, series against them. Um, what are the team's goals for this season? Uh, well, the main goal for us is to uh, retain our position at. Super so that we can play Super Pesos at 2024. That's our main goal, and like play play the best baseball, uh, play the best baseball that we can. So those are our <laughs> main goals. <laughs> so being back in in Super Pesos now, obviously a big uh, a big deal uh, for you as a player. What are your goals looking forward for the future, your personal goals? Well, be the best version of me that I can be. Uh, I think I say it every every year, but I've noticed that when I get older, I am getting better. <laughs> so so I, I want to be the best version of me that I can be and keep growing. Uh, as a player and be the best teammate that I can be. So those are my future plans. I don't, I don't like to plan my my future uh, like way ahead. I go like <laughs> one day at a time. So what the future brings to me, it's... we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eleonora, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and good luck for the season. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Uh, so welcome back. We've, uh, moved on from the news and we're finally concluding our previews uh, for the season and Miko this year <laughs> we're actually managing to finish our previews before the real part of the regular season actually starts I know we've had the um the, the Fugi Pesis in uh, in Spain in Fuengarola but we've we've often been a little slow to get these previews out and um, but this year we're finally uh, finishing in our group D. So for the men's, that is Sotcomo, Kempele and uh, Patu. So Sotcomo, we've talked a little bit about them um, 
when we've been looking at some of the other teams, there's been some real shifts with the team. Obviously, um, Jonny Hrutkanen, who was slated to to leave the club uh, quite some time ago, was now um, actioned that move to Joensu. Um And we also saw, of course, uh, Yannick Omalainen as game manager at leave and Mikkel Korsmanen uh, taking over, uh, basically sort of a caretaker manager um, before uh, moving on from, from next year, I believe. Um, Lauri Rinke is back as well um, and seems to be performing very well indeed. I was Im- impressed to see uh, him back in the Harley SM games. Um, they had no trouble uh, beating Kite today in a, a, a friendly. Um, both Europa um, Korhonen and uh, Lauri Rinke are doing very well in that game, as well as uh, Nilo Pipanemi as well. So things seeming to work pretty well for Sotcom at the moment. And of course, they've uh, reinforced their team uh, by signing uh, Hannes Pekinen, Almari Purmanen. Um, so some real uh, interesting moves forward for them. Is this the team that can topple Vimpoli? It is possible. Uh, if the season started now, uh, I mean, if the, if we would be in the playoffs now uh, with these teams and uh, I would say that this team is the only one that would have a chance in a best out of five series against Wimbley. And this, but most importantly, this team looks like this team has Sokamo DNA true and true. I mean, even if they sign uh, a couple of really important players from Kite and actually like well in the in the very same process they did some severe damage to Kite and their project but but these players they managed to get them and they were exactly the kind of players that they needed so so i think that adding them to the roster and having Lerenka back uh this is this this is a top quality team in every aspect of the game and i can see them improving during the season and i can see them even improving like in the future uh it's i mean uh now that pesapallo has also gone to the same direction as where ice hockey has been in Finland and Sweden and basically everywhere for years and years and years that if you want to be employed you have to know your job like at least one year beforehand and now we are in this weird stage where we know like game managers for 2024 they're even like even your dog on the background probably knows that Iro Jaime will be the game manager in 2024. So it's like the worst kept secret. And, uh, but 
as the CEO of the company that runs the operations and Mikko Kuosmanen is obviously very familiar with the team and has won championship with the team so he is not just somebody who's keeping their like the seat warm for Jaime uh, they are in the championship hunt make no mistake and that's been like after the last couple of seasons that is where uh, Sotkamo Jimmy wants to get wants to go and they have a real drive in everything they do at the moment so I really like this team hmm. well it's like you say it's a really kind of old-fashioned Sotkamo Jimmy um, style team it's got that DNA it really looks like the the team of old as well so i'm i'm really interested to see how how they'll play throughout the season um hopefully there won't be any injuries even if there are there's players who can step into some of those roles um but for me obviously i was I was concerned when I when I saw the uh, Yoni Rutkinen move announced uh, the other year, but of course the team's got plenty of time then to start making their moves and trying to figure out how they'll fill that void. And looking at the signings they've made, and looking at the team play, uh, in particular against Kite today, you you see a really efficient lineup. You see really. Solid defense. Obviously, Abogomlainen is uh, is an incredible pitcher, and he's he's been progressing year on year. So yeah, I really like the chances of of this team. I do think that, uh, like you, as it stands at the moment, they're probably the only team who can uh, stand much of a chance against Vimpley over a series if the finals were to start tomorrow. Um, Mansa aren't in that greater shape. KPL have dropped off a bit, and certainly, obviously, with Elias Pitkinen on the sidelines, Yoansu maybe, but they're still trying to um, to pull all the pieces together for them as well. So, yeah, they they probably are um, the real rivals for the uh, the championship this year. Of course. If the two teams were to meet in, for example, the semi-finals <laughs> instead, then we're going to have an interesting final. Um, so moving on then from from South Como to uh, Kempele. Now here is a team that builds and builds and builds. And since I started doing the blog way back in uh, 2019, now um, this is a team that continuously is looking to improve and draw new players who really add something to the team. And I really like the way that they've done this. They haven't gone all or nothing. They've built and built and built, and they're building a franchise. They're building this club uh, for the future. The question really now is, are those pieces now in place for them to start challenging for medals, or are they still just a few steps away? We've seen Ossi Marilainen returning uh, to the team, um, and of course, uh, Thomas Jussela uh, as well, a very uh, key uh, player. 
a few moves out from the team, mostly to Urquispecies teams. The only player really going to a Superpecies team is uh, Tommy Pierreinen, who we talked about, uh, who's moved to uh, IPV. Good team. I like the uniforms as well this year. I think they're really, really good uh, jersey. But um, Mikko Kempele, are those pieces in place yet? Are they at a, a stage where they can realistically start challenging for medals? This year, it's it's very so and so. I would say they're not yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if they are in the top four. I mean, not in the regular season, maybe, but after the quarterfinals. I don't think that this year is not the year when where they would be realist, realistically fighting for the championship. But they're getting better each year. They have the pieces in place. They are making people happy in the organization. There are smart people building the franchise. They are drawing players. I mean, if you can get Thomas Yusila on a four-year contract to your team, and it doesn't matter if he gets to go like home and like not travel around as a journeyman, during the season now he gets to stay at home with his family and then just go to practice and games and that is a huge thing but to get him on a four-year contract and then make like i think they will continue to do like specific signings in the future and they have like i would say that if we're talking about 12 pieces of the puzzle or 15 pieces I would say that they have maybe 80% or 70% ready ready if we're talking about championship material. But uh, top six, I'm all for it. And uh, playoff spot, for sure. So that's... Uh, they are more and more interesting every year so i i like the direction and i like the organization and the team well i i, I agree with all of that um i have them in in about sixth um in my predictions it all really depends on how kpl's season is going to go in terms of regular season um but the, there's almost no chance that they won't be in the playoffs now that we've technically going to have 10 teams uh, in the playoffs this year I can't imagine a scenario where they would end up in 11th place at the end of this season I think that that would be a catastrophe for them um but yeah building all the time um I I I like what they're doing um Mikko, what do you, do you think sixth or, or or higher or lower for them? Sixth, I I mean I I don't see them in the play in tournament either, and uh, but and I but I wouldn't rule out like fifth place or something like that, but 
they are there or thereabouts. I placed them at 6, the game manager placed them at 6, so it's always dangerous when there's consensus like that, but uh, there's only one con thing in the consensus where we will get shortly, but uh, okay, that's it about Kempen. So then moving on to um, Patioki, who have really been struggling the last few years to uh, not just uh, keep their team up in, in Super Paisis, but actually keep the club going financially, make, uh, meeting the uh, requirements for a Super Paisis license as well. We saw a massive departure of players the other year um, to cut down some of their, their budgets. Um, last year, I was quite impressed with how um, how well this this very young team played. Um, we've only seen a, a couple of, uh, of of moves really. Um, Pavel Pelton uh, has obviously gone to Kite, so a bit of their experience uh, goes. But there's some uh, signings, mostly from um, mostly from. Uh, Ukespesis teams, we've had Erka Grun from uh, Johansson Milo though, Ville from Koskin Korva, and Antikiskinen uh, from Sotkomo. So some interesting sort of prospect moves there for them. Um, but realistically, Patioki still towards the bottom end of that table. Um, Mikko, where do you see Patioki well, this year? Uh, first of all, from this list, uh, Simo, Simo Rahunen also retired, and since is not on the list due to that, but uh, the lack of experience is starting to show, obviously. And but last year they were the surprise package, and some players made an actual breakthrough during the season and they were like compared to the old battle so to say we were thinking that losing topicos on in Timokalli, all this kind of we thought that this would be the end of an era and it was but they were a breath of fresh air last year and i think that they will continue that and i think that Topi still will be a top eight pitcher this year in Superpesis and that will steer them clear of relegation threat I don't see them like uh, only injuries would get them there in in that dogfight but uh, Ante Kiskinen is on loan and he gets some valuable game time and uh, he has high potential over there and he will be valuable on the outfield. Uh, 10th place for me. That was the only, like, when I made my predictions and previews and when the game managers made theirs, the only difference was that I placed Pato over in <laughs> over your IP and that is <laughs> so they 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 placed well. IPV over Bottle. 
and and I yeah. I don't know if it's legal to do this online. I, I it is legal since we have like the representative over there, but I'm I'm willing to <laughs> bet a pint that uh, come midsummer they will be higher up the table than IPV. And okay, okay, <laughs> and and they and well, and I, they will stay yeah. there. <laughs> they will stay there. Stay there. And, uh, <laughs> I knew you were going to say. That. I I think that they, the, I, obviously, the big picture. I, that is the question, and that is the question that has been posed, and it, it, it is the big question that where is there like where's the roof for the whole franchise? Where are they going? I mean, even if they can keep hold of their young stars, uh, what's next? Where's the like? Where's the money coming from? Who is doing that? When they were like playing for the championship, it was clear that the local industry was behind them, and they had a manager. Who was taking care of it. it was there was uh, clear elements like why they were uh, competing for the championship and actually winning the championship also and playing some legendary series against Totkama and so so forth so but those days are long gone and now they are just I get the feeling that they are just playing they are doing their best on the field, and then the, they will see what comes next. But uh, I think that since we're talking about this year, uh, I would say 10th. And I would say the big, uh, big question is that if, uh, if they're young players, Namely, namely, still like Topi still, it keeps uh, going on like that and keeps progressing to that direction. I wouldn't put it past me that he would like he is on the radar of the bigger bigger teams and the franchises, and he sh and he should be. So, if they lose players like him, then we're like, then we should be posing big questions. But no real threat of relegation this year for me. Yeah, I I think the the threat of relegation really is uh, is out of reach. Uh, in terms of Patioki, but uh, you know full well that I disagree with you on the IPV point, and I actually sent my uh, predictions to you uh, well before the um, the game manager's uh, predictions came out. So um, I have the backing of the game managers, <laughs> um, but I I just think this this the, the IPV side has more experience there's, there's some more settled players you, you know obviously you've got Sasu Doika who's been towards the top of the game uh, playing with KPL previously still still not in in perfect condition uh, as we saw a few years ago but 
there, there's some some really decent players on that IPV side when you look against Patioki, who are a bunch of hopefuls. And, and I don't mean that in any disrespect to Patioki. I, I love the players that they have. I love the attitude that they show in those games. The the way they try and manufacture runs is is really interesting. And I spent a bit of time watching them last year, uh, both in person when I was in Finland and and uh, on Ruto as well. And I really love their style of play. Really love uh, how um, they try and manufacture and work those runs. But I just think that IPV are a step above that. I think IPV have that talent to to make it above uh, Patioki more consistently, to be honest. Um, so I have them <laughs> in eleventh place. But um, I. I wouldn't be surprised if they manage to to sneak past IPV, um, especially if IPV have some some injury issues and things like that. But for me, IPV tenth, Patioki eleventh. Yeah, sorry. I mean, it's it's always easier to predict things when you actually have some data uh, from previous years, and like. That is true there. If we take a look at the sample size of high quality seasons from this Patioke team, the the sample size is very small. So and since we're talking about a team of hopefuls and a team of like talent and uh and I remember like vividly that when I was a game manager and uh, I had a bunch of like hopefuls, <laughs> like young players coming through, and uh, uh, like, and I wanted to pick some young players for a very important team for very important game uh, in Ukaspasis, and I was talking about that through with my assistant manager and I my point was that this this and this guy they have a lot of potential and my assistant game manager just bluntly answered that so is this potential gonna win you the, this game so how many games are you going to win with this potential? Like, we, we we do have experienced players that have actually won this game. So that I, I cannot, like, disagree with the point, but you know my take? They are in play in tournament, and yeah, I like this team. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, I, I I do agree with that. Um, like I say, it it's really going to be interesting, and I I see when I look at the 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 league, I can split it up into where I think well this this group are really the kind of cool group they're going to uh, jostle for positions, and for me, IPV and Patioki are in a group of their own. Those two may jostle up and down. There's not much chance really of them. Progressing beyond that, not much chance of them dropping below that. There is a chance, 
Um, as I mentioned in the last episode, where I, I think IPV may even pop into eighth um, if Kite has a, a an absolute shocker, which they they could. Um, they've lost a lot of a uh, lot of talent there in, in Kite, so um, yeah, we'll we'll carry on disagreeing with that, and we'll wait and see who manages to cash in on that bet uh, towards the end of this season. I need to say that I'm. Whenever there's consensus like this, whenever there's like everybody is predicting the same thing, and we're like, it's ridiculous to think that uh, in a third, like thirteen uh, team league, we're talking about who is tenth and who is eleventh. And that is the only thing that we have a real argument about. And so, so then it's like, is this really gonna be that like boring, so to say? Uh, which is the even before the season begins, we're just waiting for the playoffs to begin or something like that. But yeah, there may be. Uh, teams falling and rising from these places since they are not going to be that consistent and uh, but for me since we this was the last team i would say that uh, in the, on the men's side I, w- I would not be surprised i mean my my two so called surprise packages would be uh Yumiusit and uh, Bato and and specifically Yumiusit even though they have lost like valuable things from their roster, I think that they also had the capacity to like surprise a lot of people. And uh and I would it would not be surprised to see a couple of teams sliding down the table and I'm not gonna mention the names but <laughs> but, but yeah we may know them by this conversation, but let's see. So that's the men's previews all wrapped up. Um, we'll take another short break now before we conclude our women's previews. Okay, so welcome back. We now move on to our Group D in the Women's Superpasses. So that's Giritaret, Kempele and Yoinsu. Now, Miko, we already had a bit of a discussion about Giritaret uh, in our last episode. Um, we were talking about the number of departures and really retirements. We're seeing a shift um, from Giritaret here, but... Um, I I still think they've got what it takes to stay at the the top end. Um, we saw Aino Vapovori from Roihu and Evelina Rantanen from Tarko joining the team. Some kind of younger prospects, really, more so than uh, big talent coming in to replace the names uh, that the the club has lost. But I still see them 
up towards the top end. Now, Miko, I, I know you said there's, there's a, a huge amount of talent that's now left uh, the team through retirements, but, but where do you see uh, Kiritaret this year? Well, in, in September, I would not be surprised of anything. But, but as I said, probably in the last, last show that I cannot remember. I mean, they, there might have been two or three occasions when Kiritaret have like gone through the same kind of an, uh, shift, like starting a completely new era when some legends of the game have actually either uh, retired normally or transfer, made a transfer to other teams. But uh, this has got to be one of the biggest ones because like, if we think about Emma Kirk and Susanne Oyanemi uh, retiring, uh, there's four times player of the year. Both have been player of the year. Uh, and Ella Korpela also going back to Monse. So, uh, there we have, I, I think it was like, I, I mentioned it in my written preview that it was something like 14 championships and like, 20, 20 something Italanzi <laughs> representation. So it's just, they, they do have this like uh, actual blue chip prospects coming, like taking their place. But it will take time. And this is, this is Matthias Kitola's like first full season as a head coach and a game manager. And, uh, he was amazing last season. He's as analytical as they come in every aspect of the game. He, he's, uh, <laughs> like, uh, he really thinks about the game, maybe sometimes too much, even like, but he's really passionate about, about it and I think that he will uh, make these young players better during the season. And But it's also, in that sense, he is also a question mark. That what is his, like, when we take the big picture, uh, what is what is the actual level where, we're, where they're heading? And I placed them fourth in the regular season. Because they have to, they have to come up with, they, they have to get the runs from somewhere. They have to get the, uh, and most of all, they need to get back. They need to get that feeling that, uh, Emma Kirka gave them. And to some extent, Nala Villian and also as a game manager gave them that if they are one or two runs behind the opponent, and we are reaching the third or fourth inning of a yakso. They are in a situation where they're just calm. 
they just they know that when they get that opportunity, uh, Gurka will <laughs> hit, hit a home run from somewhere or hit a run from somewhere. And he has these, she had this like aura, like it, also uh, on the outfield around her. So, so that's like that kind of a thing is not just this is not just like money ball, you know? So it will take time and let's see if it happens this year or if it takes two years. But I think they will be at the top, but I don't think that they are a top team right now. Well, if the playoffs started today, using the same kind of language we were talking about with Sotkono in the men's. If the playoffs started today, Kiritaret, you probably wouldn't favour in in, uh, in going too far. Um, but like you say, if this team kind of um, grows and can find ways to feel confident in being able to score runs, um, even if they're behind just one or two, then they could go much further uh, just looking at the Holly SM games this year I know obviously they only <laughs> only played the two but they only scored six runs from the two games which is fewer runs than Kempele and Yoansu did in the same group which is is pretty worrying if you if you look at it in those terms and like you say, being a run or two down and finding a way to win. Well, in the first Yaxo against Kempele, they were just a run down at the end of it. They lost that one to one. Second Yaxo, there were two runs to nothing down. The old Kiritaret would have mopped that up and said, well, that's that's victory territory still. Um, of course, you know, this is just a Holly Sam training games, etc., etc., but you you still want to be able to showcase what you can do and practice against these teams. Um, and the fact that they couldn't do that is a bit of a worry. I still think that they've got a, a decent chance this year. They, Like you say, there's a lot of uh, great talent coming through. Personally, I do think that they are capable of challenging for the, the championship if all the pieces go together. Um, we had a little bit of a disagreement about this uh, last time about Lapua versus Kiritaret as being a, a real challenger. If the playoffs started today, I'd favour Lapua uh, against Kiritaret. But when we get to the end of the season, I don't know. I'm, I suppose <laughs> Kiritaret are almost like my patioki for you <laughs> in the men's. <laughs> I see them as a team that's likely to to grow into that role um and actually become more of a championship threat. Um but yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting season for them. It really is a a generational change for them, a real shift uh, going forwards. And it's the it's like the old saying that in in Pesapala that if at the beginning of the season if somebody says that this is the worst Sotkamon Yumu of all time, that is the like <laughs> the championship is 
pretty much locked with that sentence. But uh, in terms of uh, scoring, uh, in terms of actually where they're gonna get the runs in last last year, uh, the the choker Kudanen was uh, a real surprise package, but uh, but she like cooled off towards the end of the regular season. But now when they have to replace the like the, somebody has to. Somebody has to take responsibility. And what makes it interesting is that there's a coach working with the players who are supposed to take responsibility of scoring and batting, batting those like, uh, decisive runs under pressure. And this coach is Katja Sari. Uh, 15 times in Italanzi, four times a player of the year, uh, two times the game manager of the year in women's superbases, and so a real living legend of the game. And she's been there, she has won pretty much every individual category there is. So if you have that kind of like knowledge on your disposal working with those talents i mean who who knows who knows and uh, like i said it's um i i would go as far as saying that it's it's absolutely idiotic to count them out of anything right on the scale of like the whole season that's that, that's it so moving on then from uh, Kiritaret to uh, the next team at Kempele um, I'm not going to read all, out all of the uh, ins and outs but there was a lot of players moving about um, with uh, Kempele uh, a number of players uh, going to Urquispecies teams. Um, a few players uh, moving across to other Superpecies teams. Uh, Annika Lina going to Pori. Uh, we saw uh, Yasmina Juntanen um, going to Vasa. And uh, Maria Karkanen uh, going to Joinsu. Um A few players coming in, mostly... Uh, in fact, all of them, uh, as I can see... Oh, sorry. Yeah. All bar one uh, coming from Lucas Pesis teams. Um, a real, real shift for this, this Kempele team that, that struggled in the very first part of the last season. Um, Mikkel, I'm finding it really hard to to work this Kempele side out. Um, I'm, I'm not particularly impressed by them. I think they might be on the outside of the, the playoff spots. Um, what's your take on Kempley this year? The big the big question, obviously, is that where do they stand within the organization? But we're, we're not going to go there uh, that deeply at this point. But I think that the signings 
they give a little bit of a hint of, of that. And as a team, they went to the Halle SM finals and beat Kiretara Tanyosu in the process. But as a team, they keep developing talents and then they keep losing all their talents to the top teams. So they are like, they're very much a selling team, so to say. They are the feeder, feeding team. So uh, they get their players from Kuspesis now. They, they really don't have a lot of runners. They play against all odds. They are, uh, they will be involved in a lot of shootouts this season because that's their only chance. Like if they're playing close games with, uh, if, if they would be playing against, like according to, to what would be analytically the best option at any point, they would lose like 80% of their games easily. But if they play like against all odds and they, they have some batting power and so forth and they can surprise teams here and there but the lack of runners is really it's bad and since that is so important I I placed them 11th yeah, um, like you say, it, it's it's hard to see how it'll all unfold for them. They may get some lucky breaks here and there, and that's really their only their only chances. Um, talking about about speed as well, uh, since we did the Hamina um, preview uh, a few weeks back, uh, we've seen uh, Lapalainen move from uh, Kerita to uh, Hamina as well, and Lapalainen. It's quite a, uh, she's quite a speedy runner as well. So I know that uh, Harmina are looking good in terms of pace and certainly much better than, than Kempley. They kind of have the opposite uh, problem in terms of being able to score runs. <laughs> I think that's that's Harmina's real real difficulty in terms of you know classic hard hitters and uh, and things like that. Um, it's. It's a really hard team to figure out in terms of where they're going, what their motivations are, what the longer term plans are. But even in the here and now, there's a feeling that they'll be towards the bottom end of that uh, that table and not really challenging anybody for for a playoff spot. Um, but we'll see. <laughs> Who knows if these these young talents coming through might just surprise us. Um, I'm. I'm doubtful it will make much of a difference to see them rise uh, higher than, as you say, 11th, possibly 10th. Yeah, a team team of... It, I mean, it's, it is a long shot to see them. Like, this, is, this team is not going to be consistent by any means. And that is, that is the big thing, that uh, there will be some one-offs where they pe where they beat 
some even some top teams because their their home field advantage is big. I mean, it's a long way to actually go there, and they, it, as a place, it's somehow really like uh, I don't know. It's so hard to win there. It's never like uh, it's not easy for anyone, and it's there's always like those games are they get so greedy and like it's a it's like <laughs> it's like walking walking on quicksand or something like both teams are like it's a I don't know. It's like watching wrestling that nothing is actually happening, but then just somebody comes up as a winner. But, uh, but yeah. But still, I think that if they go to play against teams like Hamina, they will be like, it's anybody's guess what will happen. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they win. Ajaxa with by eight runs and then lose one by ten runs. So the entertainment factor is definitely there, but I don't think that the quality is high. So moving then on to our final uh, team in the previews, and that's uh, Yorinsu. Um, a few players, well, quite a few players actually, um, have left, moved on to to try and um, gain some further experience. Uh, Sena Soraka and uh, Rita Yontanen have both gone to Hamina. Uh, Pinya Arbelius has gone to Taco. Um, and uh, Lino Torpella has gone to Mali Yusid. Uh, the only signing I could see was um, Maria Karkinen uh, from Kempele, in fact. Um, yeah, the, the, this Yoansu side in that playoff spot, um, I, I expect them to be in the top eight this year or, or just below the top eight. Um, Miko, what's your thoughts? There are thereabouts. There. That's been their profile, no matter what happens and what kind of signings they make. And it's like we can start posing questions about like what is their st- status within the organization and stuff like that. But but it's like. Uh, uh, I, I spoke with their game manager uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, and he he was just uh, he was just saying that when I was doing the previews, he was asking that, yeah, what about our team? And I said that no, I'm gonna I'm not gonna talk about your team. And he was just choking chokingly saying that yeah, but I mean it's like. It's the same thing that everybody's writing that no no matter what happens, Johansu will end up ninth. <laughs> and that has been that has been the case every season. <laughs> which which is something that they need to break the hoodoo of like the curse of the playoffs and getting actually getting there and well, 
if you want to be cynical about about it then like getting to place eight so what does it do for you you're gonna like but playoffs that's the first step i mean after that develop and take it from there but the core is still quite young and uh, I, I mean that they have some pieces together and i don't see them going down as an organization but they still they're still lacking quite a few players to be honest yeah i i think i'd agree with that although i do i do wonder and and again putting teams into little brackets um Yonsu versus Varsa um because of course we've seen a lot of changes with Malatret since last year Venatan who of course leaving um i do wonder whether Yonsu could could finish in 8th and Varsa in, down in ninth. but um we'll we'll see how those things go i I'm, I'm swimming against the tide with that one <laughs> I know a lot of people um, don't agree. Yeah, not, no, not really. I mean, yeah, that was actually, I, I placed them Yonsu 8 and Basel 9. Oh, there we are. <laughs> so, and I placed Darko at 7th, I think. But those are Particularly Taco and Vasa, they are big unknowns to me. And Paul will join so to some extent too. So. so that's the end of our previews. Um, and that will do it for this episode as well. So I want to say a big thank you to my co-host Mikko Pirhonen. Thank you. It's been... It's been fun to do the previews, and uh, <laughs> it will be even more fun when we get the game, actual games underway. So if you have enjoyed what you've heard, and I really hope you have, then please like or subscribe to the podcast. You can also uh, leave us a comment or a review. Please do. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter and on Facebook at R, Or you can also follow some of my writings on uh, the blog. That's superpessisroundup.wordpress.com Or you can also see me writing from time to time on Hamina's website. In fact, I'm just about to publish the uh, previews for the men's and women's teams. So do look out for those as well. But from me, Ian Alba, we'll see you soon. Hidden far away